नमस्ते फ्रेंड्स वेलकम टू माई पॉडकास्ट ऑल शुगर नो स्पाइस माई नेम इज ललिता दामोदरन एवरी वन कॉल्स मी एल डी एंड आई एम क्लिनिकल न्यूट्रिशनिस्ट एंड योगा टीचर आई स्पेशलाइज इन वेट लॉस एंड क्लिनिकल न्यूट्रिशन आई हैव हेल्प हंड्रेड्स ऑफ माई क्लाइंट्स विद हेल्दी डाइट्स फिटनेस मॉड्यूल्स एंड लाइफ स्टाइल चॉइस ऑन दिस प्लेटफॉर्म आई प्लान टू शेयर विद यू सम सिंपल मोस्ट इफेक्टिव एंड रिलायबल हेल्थ एंड वेलनेस सोल्यूशन दैट आई हैव लर्न ओवर सेवरल ईयर्स and all of this in just 7 minutes short and sweet and i hope all of you stand to benefit by it check out my insta and fb page under the name bendit like ld where i share lots of fitness routines recipes and healthy meal ideas hey friends welcome back and i hope you had a wonderful weekend today's topic is a trending topic that's creating a buzz everywhere the newly touted superfood aka millets suddenly you hear the word millet millet everywhere and almost every original recipe is being modified into millet based recipes be it your dosas your rotis your pulavs even your noodles your laddus your desserts every recipe is given a millet twist to it so is the hype all worth it are we jumping into the bandwagon mindlessly come let's understand Millet is a small round whole grain grown in India, Nigeria and some other Asian countries. They have advantages over other crops since they survive in harsh environments and less fertile soil, which is the reason why they were grown abundantly. Your major millets that are used for cooking are your foxtail, proso millet, pearl millet known as bajra, your finger millet also known very popularly as ragi. Your minor millets are your barnyard millet, your jawar or your sorghum kodo millet etc. Many of you are probably already using millets in your cooking every day. But do you know how much, when, how and in what form millets should be used? Firstly, like most cereals, millet is a starchy grain, which means it's high in carbohydrates. So 1 cup of a cooked millet say around 200 to 240 ml cup is about 200 odd calories with about 40 grams of carbs and around 6 grams of protein and small amounts of fiber and fats now what's notable in their composition is that they provide a more complete essential amino acid profile than your regular rice or other cereals and also provide a significant amount of phosphorus and magnesium than other grains plus your finger millet or ragi is abundant in calcium providing around 13% in about 1 cup of cooked ragi you would have seen that in southern states of india especially karnataka and tamil nadu ragi is introduced at a very young age for babies um, even at say 6 months old uh, in the form of porridge and soups actually i've also fed my children homemade ragi porridge or kanji as we call it right from their 6 months up until almost 10 years every single day as a breakfast routine and of course all thanks to my mom who used to make them fresh in batches every 3 months and send it over to me so yes millets do have some excellent properties now let's look at what their advantages are or like what are the nutrient profile for millets high antioxidants that pro- protect your body from stress anti-inflammatory properties that are good for your skin rapid ho- wound healing and one of the main points of millets is that they are a low glycemic index food which means they are most suitable for diabetics as they do not spike your sugar levels fast since they also contain soluble fiber they aid in keeping your cholesterol levels reduced and they help in significantly 
reducing your triglyceride levels that are directly linked to your cardiovascular health. Millet is also gluten-free grain, making it a viable choice for people with celiac disease or those following a gluten-free diet. But, 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 and a big but, hold on. With so many good properties about millets, should we just be eating them all the time and substituting them over rice, bread, and rotis? Actually, no. So here comes the caution and the way we must handle millets. You see, it's a general human tendency to latch on to something that's new, that's been um, touted as a superfood, and then we go overboard in our choices without really understanding where to draw the line. These seemingly innocent grains can become a disaster if they are not consumed correctly. For example, and this is a big, uh, it's a very common problem, right? So people with hypothyroidism, I think there are a lot of women who, you know, are hypothyroid, they should really be cautious in the use of millets. Because despite millet's multiple health benefits, it also contains something called as anti-nutrients. These are compounds that block or reduce your body's absorption of other nutrients and thus may lead to deficiencies. One of these anti-nutrients are um, called as the goitrogenic polyphenols may impair thyroid function, causing goiter, an enlargement of your thyroid gland at the base of your throat that results in swelling of the neck. So one needs to be careful in the consumption of millets, especially if you're hypothyroid. Secondly, one of those compounds, phytic acid, interfere with potassium, calcium, iron, zinc and magnesium uptake. Hence, overdoing millets can block your body from absorption of vital nutrients and over time can show up as weaknesses. So how do you include these wonderful grains in your diet and lifestyle without them impacting other parts of your health? I would say start by including it for about 30% of your diet, meaning include it for just say one meal in a day, keeping the rest of the meals with your normal rice or other cereals that you usually consume. Most importantly, how do you use these millets is the distinguishing factor. So for example, soaking millets is one of the most important steps in reducing its anti-nutrient content. So always use them after soaking for a couple of hours, draining and rinsing them thoroughly before cooking. Sprouting them is also a great way to reduce the antinutrient, which is why you will always see ragi or finger millet being sold as a sprouted flower. Millets can be pretty hard on your stomach as well as they are difficult to digest. Hence, I recommend consuming them in the early hours of the day as your digestive fires are stronger in the mornings. I personally like to use millets in batters for dosas, idlis or kichdis after soaking them for a couple of hours and I usually use millets only for breakfast as a fermented batters or for lunch as a cooked millet in place of rice. I generally do not use them in the evenings. Now soaking, grinding and fermentation is a sure shot way to introduce lactic acid bacteria that supports good gut health and alleviate any digestive issues that are associated with millets. So that is actually my most preferred way of using them. And my most preferred millets are actually foxtail since they are easy to consume and for their high magnesium content. Finger millet or ragi for its high calcium, jawar for its high fiber and protein, bajra or pearl millet for their iron, zinc and vitamin B6. I rotate the grains every week and I do not mix them so that I get the maximum benefits out of each. So there you go, all the facts about millets and I hope I made it simple for you by breaking it down. So the other thing I want to say is like don't look for millets in every item, right? So just make it as 
30 to 40% of your diet and progress gradually. And you necessarily do not have to uh, look for a millet ladu or a millet um, burfi. Uh, enjoy that occasional burfi in its original form and restrict your millet intake initially and then slowly progress once your body gets adapted and adjusted to it. So thanks guys for listening and stay healthy and happy always. See you next week with yet another useful topic. Till then, bye-bye. Dear friends, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share with your friends and family. And do check out my Insta and FB page, Bend It Like LD, for more upcoming videos and health tips.